Way out west in Kansas, beyond where the Flint Hills start giving way to the high plains, the land looks like it's reaching to the sun, particularly in the first light of morning. There are no city skylines to break the view, just grain elevators and wind farms. Western Kansas is a land of subtle beauty, of small towns, populated by people descended from the hardy survivors of grasshopper plagues and dust storms. And, as we talked about in Season 2 of My Fellow Kansans, increasingly it's a land of immigrants, people who come to work in the region's meatpacking industry. It's probably not all that surprising that it took a while for the coronavirus to reach some western Kansas counties. As of this recording, some still have case numbers in the single digits. Two have none at all. Afton Gardner heads the health department in one of those, Wallace County. And she suspects it has something to do with the border county's small and scattered population. I've had lots of people tease since the beginning that Wallace County's been social distancing before it was cool. There's sometimes people I don't see for months and months because they only come to town and grab their groceries and leave. But it's a very different story in the three southwest Kansas counties where about 25% of the nation's beef is processed. They're COVID hotbeds. In Ford County, home to Dodge City and a massive national beef plant, coronavirus cases jumped from 16 to 702 between mid-April and early May. Seward County had the state's highest rate of infection at one point because of cases tied to a meatpacking plant in Liberal. Kansas didn't shut down the plants like other states did to stem the spread of the virus because state officials said the companies were doing what they could to make them safe. Many workers didn't think so. Even with modifications, they said the layout of the plants made it impossible to distance from others. Workers got infected, took the virus home, and spread it to their families and friends. By late July, Finney, Ford, and Seward counties combined had more than 4,700 cases. I'm Jim McLean, and this is My Fellow Kansans, a podcast from the Kansas News Service. Garden City, Kansas, is home to about 26,000 people, many of them resettled immigrants. Garden's population mix makes it pretty unique among Kansas towns and more likely to follow national trends when it comes to health disparities. The coronavirus is a glaring example of that. Data from the Kaiser Family Foundation shows that in Kansas, Latinos and to a lesser degree black people and Asian people have disproportionately higher rates of COVID-19. Sly Hung has been in the U.S. for about 10 years, half of that time in Garden City. And when Finney County was seeing significant spikes in coronavirus cases, Sly was one of the real people behind the numbers. He spoke with Corinne Boyer of the Kansas News Service about his battle with the virus and what it took to get medical care. In downtown Garden City, a park dense with trees fills a city block in the center of town. Sly Hung sits on a bench wearing a disposable mask. He's been to this park once before. I am from Myanmar, Burma. We have a celebration with uh, in Garden City, the Chin community, Chin people came to hear this park. Sly is from the Chin state in Myanmar a state that's predominantly Christian, and where Christians have been persecuted by the Buddhist military for years. That's why thousands of Chin have left Myanmar, which borders India. 
The Chin National Day is held on February 20th every year. The Chin uh, clothing we wear and then we singing and we talking about the Chin Nation Day and we have eat food and a lot of fun. This year, a few weeks after Chin National Day in the Garden City Park, Kansas got its first case of the coronavirus on the other side of the state. But it soon made its way to rural counties where cases rose by the hundreds within a few weeks. In early May, Sly's cousin, who works in close proximity to other people, got sick. His cousin is also his roommate. My cousin, he getting sick, and then we are going to appointment with uh, the hotling, the COVID-19 hotling, and then he got positive. So your cousin got sick, and then he tested positive? Yes, that's correct. Sly's friends told him he should quarantine in a hotel in hopes that he wouldn't get sick. I moved there, but not longer, just only two days I got getting sick. Did you drive? Was it like a drive-through when they tested you? Yes, I'm driving through, and then they asked me, they're checking my ID and my name and my appointment time, and then, yeah, they're testing me. I opened my the window, driving side, and then they, yeah, they pushing sticker in my nose. And then I'm just waiting outside a little bit, like five minutes. And then the, the guy's coming and then you got a positive. Sly gets sick pretty fast. He says he couldn't eat and he was vomiting even though he wasn't eating. Then he starts coughing, his legs throb with aches. He leaves the hotel, goes back to his home and feels like this for three weeks. Sly goes to this nonprofit clinic because he's uninsured and the clinic offers medical care on a sliding scale. Uh, they asked me why the reason you, you came here. And then the reason, because I got COVID-19. So I, I'm not getting better yet. Before I, I saw the doctor, the nurse checking me temperature. The doctor is coming inside the room. The doctor asks Sly if he needs a piece of paper excusing him from work. Sly is a delivery driver for Domino's and has worked there for almost three years. He tells the doctor no, he doesn't need a work excuse. He made an appointment because he's still coughing, he's dizzy, he can't smell, and he feels terrible. The doctor said, you are not, you're not getting COVID-19 because I have experienced a lot of experience, a lot of people, I already watch it, I already check it. This is like only fever, like flu, flu or something. Uh, so you, you're not getting COVID-19. Even though Sly tested positive almost a month earlier. Then the doctor repeats himself, saying that Sly only wants a note to get out of work and that he's better. And he wrote, so he wrote the note before he saw you. Yeah. And then... Yeah, yeah. When he did see you, you said that he didn't examine you. Yeah, he just touched me only my back and he did not uh, examine himself. The nurse uh, testing fever or something, the nurse doing, but the doctor doesn't do it, anything. And then I'm really sad, I'm not happy. Sly says he's never had an experience like this before and has lived in the U.S. for almost 10 years. When he's gone to the hospital or to other appointments, he says the nurses and doctors are nice. He calls the clinic a few times to tell them what happened. 
Eventually, he gets a call back, and the clinic's manager tells him he won't have to see that doctor again. The day after his clinic visit, still sick, Sly goes back to work. Yeah, right now my, bo- my both leg is itches, itches right now. Right now? Yeah, my body is uh, the same. I'm trying to exercise, uh, uh, walking, and then I eating, drinking water a lot, and then it's better, but not, not normal yet. Before the pandemic, Sly used to see his friends more, go to church, parties, and picnics. It's been hard, but he says wearing a mask lets him do some of those things. But a lot of people, they don't come to church because they say at home, right now, it's your friends, your cousin, your family also, if you got COVID-19, they don't want to see you, they don't want to talk to you because everybody's scared. Sly has lived in Garden City for five years, and it's also where he became a U.S. citizen. Uh, I love USA, and then, yeah, I love American people. I would like to play also for this COVID-19 situation. He's praying that the pandemic gets better, and in the future, he hopes... Everybody's happy, everybody's working, everybody's uh, happy. Despite the uncertain times we're living through, an optimism has run through this year's episodes of My Fellow Kansans. Though everyone we've talked to has been affected by the coronavirus, challenged by it even, they've found ways to put it in perspective, to remain hopeful. Hopefulness is pretty much a natural state for children. Their stories are still theirs to write. But not theirs alone. Parents, life circumstances, and other factors play huge roles. So do teachers. We ask a lot of them. And this year, we're asking even more, expecting them to be healthcare workers of sorts, to make sure students wear masks, use hand sanitizer, and keep their distance from one another. On top of all that, teachers are among those most affected by one of the biggest uncertainties of this pandemic. Can we really make it safe for them and their students to return to the classroom? And what happens if we can't? We'll talk to a Kansas teacher dealing with that uncertainty as the school year approaches, next time on My Fellow Kansans. If you have an experience you'd like to share about how the coronavirus pandemic has affected your life, we'd like to hear it. Record a voice memo on your phone and send it to Kansas News Service at kcur.org. Tell us who you are, where you are, and what life has been like over the past few months. My Fellow Kansans comes from the Kansas News Service, a collaboration of public radio stations KMUW in Wichita, Kansas Public Radio in Lawrence, High Plains Public Radio in Garden City, and KCUR in Kansas City. Corinne Boyer reported, wrote, and produced this episode with help from host Jim McLean. Erica Hunsinger edited the podcast. Grace Lotz, Brianna O'Higgins, and Beth Golay helped with promotions. Jordan Kirtley designed our logo. Primary Color Music produced our theme song. And all other music you heard is from Free Music Archive. For more stories from the Kansas News Service, go to ksnewsservice.org. And to support more work like this, please donate to your local public radio station. See you next week.